So um, I, I am going to refer to my slides uh, because this will be the first time that I've talked about this. Um, let me give you a little background. So I'm Bob Francis and the CIO for Steel Dynamics. Um, we're a uh, we're a vertically integrated steel company. Um, we do everything from collect scrap at our Omnisource division through um, selling steel joists at our New Millennium Building Systems division. Um, we are also in the uh, copper market. Um, Nick is here from our, uh, our copper works division. Um, and there we make, uh, we recycle copper and we make um, rod and wire uh, out of both recycled copper and uh, virgin copper. Um, we are entering the, the aluminum market for a, uh, for a long time. We've had um, a, a company called um, Superior Aluminum that's in New Haven. Um, but we are in the process right now of building the first aluminum mill to be built in the U.S. in, uh, in 30 years um, in Columbus, Mississippi. Um, we've grown from, uh, from 1993 to today from zero dollars in revenue to 22 billion last year. Um, largely, well, combination of greenfield um, construction and, uh, and acquisitions, and we've been, we're fairly active uh, for our entire history um, in expanding and uh, increasing our footprint horizontally and vertically. Um, my history with the company um, goes back to the beginning of the com uh, goes back to the beginning of the company. I was a consultant for four years and then came on as an employee. Um, absolutely loved the company and uh, um, and haven't wanted to go anywhere else ever since I've been there. Uh, I wake up every day and say, if I don't want to go to work today, I'm not going to. Um, I haven't had a day in 30 years that I've woken up and said, I don't want to go into work today. Uh, lots to do. We're constantly moving. So. Um, I'm going to start off with something. Uh, Jennifer, still here? Okay. So uh, I, I heard this is the second time I've heard Jennifer uh, or been with Jennifer. The first time was in an REF meeting. Um, she had some incredibly poignant questions. She, her how she approaches management aligns very well with what SDI does. Um, so I, I'm always interested to hear what she says. Um, in addition to the book that she had there, I'd suggest if you like what she has to say, it's a book called Crucial Conversations that encompasses a lot of what she's saying also. Um, you can read that before her book comes out and then read her book. Um, for my talk, uh, when I talked to Cl Clifford and Doug about talking today, um, at the time I was, uh, I was thinking a lot about uh, various management books I'd read and trainings that I'm doing for my, uh, for my managers. Um, and we put people through a lot of training courses. We uh, suggest reading a lot of books. And there was a theme that I'd seen through a lot of the things that I'd read um, that, um, that I didn't think any book covered, um, I'm gonna say in depth, and it's the, it's the thought of uh, vulnerability in management. Um, so I had a slide that brought up the, uh, the, basically the history of management. And if you, if you think back 500 years, um, you had um, management style that was um, very directional, top-down. Um, you had uh, kings and serfs and, um, and management was you tell somebody to go and do something and they do it, or 
you give them some land and then you go and basically take half of what they make or more, right? So it had nothing to do with the worker. Um, as, you, as you moved along, um, it kind of stayed that way until um, I would say right around World War II. Coming back from World War II, there was this change that started thinking about the individual um, and, the, and the individuals as a group, and, um, but it wasn't, really focused on, it wasn't really focused on managing people, it was managing outcomes, task-oriented, you had a bunch of people and they did this thing. Um, then I would say mid-60s to uh, um, through the 70s, there started to be a lot of research done on, um, on just how to manage. And that moved, into, uh, that moved into thinking more about people um, and how the people could do their tasks and how you make them a team. Um, and then I'd say sometime in the 80s, um, somebody with academic background could probably give you more exact timing on it because I'm sure it had to do with... Uh, studies and papers that were going on, but it, it, it really started being more focused on the individual, um, how, how to support an individual in getting what they wanted to be done, done. And that continues to today. And uh, when, you look, when you look today, there's a lot of, um, there, there, there's a lot of uh, focus, as there should be, on uh, people as individuals and Management is about management today. I, I believe is about um, giving people what they need in order to be able to get them as far along as they can until they um, they had a boss that says reach their level of incompetence, right? So you want to progress somebody until so that you're pushing them so that they're so that they're growing to the maximum point that they can grow. But everybody hits a point where they've hit the point where that's it. You don't you're if you're looking at a career ladder, you don't go any further because you don't have the ability to. I will never be the CEO of Steel Dynamics. I don't have the skill set. I would be completely incompetent at it. Um, so maybe I've reached my level of incompetence. Um, but but anyways, from a from a management standpoint today. Um, there's, there's a lot of developing your, your people, and, uh, and part of that is getting them to trust you, right? Uh, you need to, uh, um, you need to uh, develop a relationship with them. That doesn't mean that they have to like you. That doesn't mean that you have to like them. You can, you can have an employee that, as a person, you'd say, I would never go out for drinks with this person. That doesn't mean they can't be a productive member of the organization. It doesn't mean how they are is wrong. It's just your personalities don't click. From a management standpoint, it doesn't, doesn't really matter. They should be able to trust you whether or not you like them or they, li or they like you. Um, so I had a Kahoot that I was going to do. I wonder if I can still do it if I... Uh, if I... So... How many of you know about, uh, have ever heard about uh, the Jahari window? The Jahari window? So, um, so the Jahari window is, um, um, there's four quadrants to a Jahari window. There's, um, so there's things that you know about yourself, right? 
there are things that you don't know about yourself. There are things that others know about you. And there are things that others don't know about you. So the question, the question that I would have, and uh, let me bring up the Kahoot because, well, because I think there's a picture of it. Oh, well, you're not going to be able, uh, you're not going to be able to see it because of the way I did the Kahoot. So, anyways, my, my question was going to be for you: um, What quadrant of, of those things, things that you know about yourself, things you don't know about yourself, things that other people know about you, and things that other people don't know about you? If you bring that up into four quadrants, for a leader for people in leadership or people in intensive positions, which quadrant do you want to make the biggest? Both to both. Both to both, so. You, you want to make the biggest one, the one that both you and- And the people know, correct. Correct, uh, what, you, uh, what you want to do is grow the, um, the things that you know about yourself and the things that other people know about you. Um, the quadrant that is things that you don't know about yourself and things that other people don't know about you. Um, in theory, you can find more out, out about that quadrant um, through hypnosis, uh, psychotherapy, a hard quadrant to get there. Um, historically, um, if, you, if you go back 20 years and further, um, many leaders tried to make the things that you know about yourself and things that other people know about you as small as possible, right? Because they, it was a protection thing. They it, you didn't want people to know things about you because that was a long time ago viewed as a danger, right? If somebody knows something about you, they can do something that, uh, that makes you, uh, that, that hurts you. And, and I'd tell you that that is um, still in movies, the, you know, the strong leader that, uh, that nobody really understands but gets things done um, is, is still portrayed, um, but it, it's not true. The, 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 uh, the idea of letting other people know things about you um, that, they, uh, that, they, that they don't necessarily need to know about you is, is what helps you build a relationship. In order to do that, when you think about it, you've got to be vulnerable, right? Because you've got to, you've got to be able to put things out there that, um, that make other people understand that you're willing to be vulnerable and that there is a, that, that there is a chance that they could, I don't want to say use the information, but uh, ridicule you over or not sympathize you with you uh, about um, but what really happens when you do it is, is somebody starts understanding that you're trusting them. Right. And, uh, and as you do that, the trust will come, the, the, the trust will come back, uh, will come back to you. So there's, uh, th there's another, uh, there's another slide that I, that I had that was, uh, about a, a major study that was done. And, um, it was of 20,000 leaders um, leadership hires over three years. Um, and what the study revealed is 48% of those people had problems within the first 18 months. Now there, I've got five different, uh, five different things that the, that the uh, people in the study, um, that the people in the study broke, 
down as, hey, these are the problems. So the five things are motivation, emotional intelligence, technical competence, temperament, and coachability. Can you repeat Motivation, emotional intelligence, technical competence, temperament, and coachability. So of those five, which do you think caused the biggest problem that got somebody either disciplined or fired? Stop. Correct. Coachability is the number one thing that people had, uh, that, that people have problems with. Um, what do you think the second one is? Emotional intelligence. Um, two things that are that are um, that are very big in uh, in in management. Uh, if you listen to Jennifer's talk, you think about uh, you think about her story about the person her her subordinate that came in and said, "Hey, I've got this person. I want to discipline them. They're not doing their job. They're doing their job." That was a coaching session between her and in her. Uh, and her subordinate, and her subordinate was coachable, went out. Um, the emotional intelligence question for her subordinate would be an interesting thing to dig deeper into because she had to coach that person on, hey, go find out what's wrong. And for, for that person, maybe they should have already known that that's what they should do because starting with, uh, starting with any conversation with somebody about, hey, I'm gonna have a problem with you before you go to your, whoever, who, whoever's above you in the chain of command, um, maybe what you need to be doing is figuring out the why. And the why is the emotional intelligence of, hey, does this person have, you know, what is this person feeling? Um, it, it's something that we miss a lot in IT, right? We're very, uh, uh, we're very fact-based. I know when I started managing, it was all about the facts, right? The, the, the what a person felt about um, what they were doing on a project, it, it didn't concern me at all. Um, it, uh, it doesn't take long in management before you find out that you're not very effective like that. And if you're only like that, uh, people quit pretty quick, right? People wanna be on other teams, um, if you don't care about them, they're, they're going to find someplace else to do, uh, someplace else to go, something else to do. So, um, yeah, so it, uh, that study was really interesting because, again, it was 20,000 people. Um, it's very rare to have a study that is that large that is not college students, right? Most of these studies are done by college professors, and they do a study, and they take in people that are in their master's programs and their doctorate programs, and... Um, it gives you kind of a warped, uh, from a research standpoint, I, I think kind of a warped uh, sense of what the world is like. Um, taking 20,000 people that have been just put into management positions, looking at where, where they've had problems and laying them down. Um, the, 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 the study aligned with, with what I've seen. Um, when we're hiring, coachability is one of the first traits that we look for, whether or not the person we intend the person to go, to go into management that just makes them a better team member. So, um, so how do you become, 
how do you become um, more vulnerable in a way that's intelligence? Um, I think it starts with self-awareness. You've, uh, um, you've got to understand yourself, uh, your emotions, your strengths, your weaknesses, an honest look at yourself. Um, you've got to recognize that vulnerability is a strength, not a weakness. Um, and again, I think that historically that is a, that, that is a change um, in, um, in how we look at managing people and how people expect to be managed. Um, you've also got to embrace your imperfections, right? I, I, uh, um, I may overdo this with my, with my team, but if I see something in myself when I'm looking at it and say, listen, I don't do this well, um, I, I, I put it right out there because what I'm looking for, for them from is help. I, I recently pulled all my leaders together here in Fort Wayne for a summit, um, had a lot of grand plans for what we were going to do, started planning it four months ahead of time, um, got tasked with doing some things that, uh, that pulled me away from it, picked my head out and said, oh my God, the summit's in three weeks. I haven't started planning it. I haven't started the agenda for what I'm gonna talk about. Now, six months before my plan was, I'm gonna reach out to everybody, I'm gonna talk to them, I'm gonna see what, uh, I'm gonna see what uh, issues they wanna talk about. I'm going to bring some people into, uh, for, up for my team to do talks on their own and you know, grand plans of what to do. Three weeks ahead of time, it's, nope, nope, I've got to put it together an agenda. I cannot tell my team, okay, I need you to do a talk on this because I hadn't given them time to prepare. So I did the whole thing myself and apologized 20 times during the, during the talk because it was me up there talking um, about subjects that we really needed to talk about, but not what I intended to do. Um, I got a lot of good feedback after the seminar from my people of, hey, listen, I like this, I didn't like this, and, uh, and you, next time maybe you should do this. And, um, and I really appreciated that because what it told me was my people weren't afraid to tell me you could have done this better by doing this, this, and this. Um, and I'll take that into, uh, uh, into account and on our next seminar, we'll do it better. Um, with some of the things that I was thinking of and a lot of things that they were thinking of. So uh, the next part is open and honest communication. Um, and Jennifer talked to, to this, uh, a little bit about this. You, you can't avoid problems, right? You, you can't, um, there's multiple ways of resolving conflicts. Um, avoiding is sometimes the way to go but not often. Um, it's not a never, but it's not often. Um, it's gotta depend upon the problem and, and whether or not avoiding it is going to let it fix itself. That often, it very rarely happens. Um, you, you need to lead by example, right? So show your thoughts, but as you're showing your thoughts, be willing to listen to what other people have to say. Um, and as I've said a couple of times in this, active listen, right? You have, you've got to engage your team in communication um, and hear what they have to say and not hear it just through the lens of what you wanna hear, but what they're saying. Um, that can be a tough one and, uh, and uh, for me, that one actually, I can't do it in the moment. That actually for me requires reflection 
um, because when I'm having a conversation with somebody um, about something that I've got a planned path, um, what I've found in myself is that I often am steering them down the same path that I'm going. I've gotten much better at actually listening to what they have to say and not pounding them down the path that I'm going. But, I've, but I still, when I'm sure I want to go in a certain direction, I, I, in the moment, don't hear what the other person's saying um, because I'm focused on where I want to go. Um, yeah, and I've gotten better at reflecting on it and, uh, and doing it. And then the, uh, um, the, last, uh, the last piece I'd say is to, uh, is to build trust. And this, is, this is, again, goes back to the vulnerability. Um, but you got to build trust gradually, right? You can't just, your, your position doesn't dictate that people trust you. Um, as a matter of fact, I would tell you that the further up you get in management, the more your position makes, you, makes people distrustful of you um, because they, uh, I tell you, a lot of people figure that you got where you got by stepping on somebody else or by not caring. Um, it, so so you gotta, what you got to do is start with small, um, small sharing. Small things that are relatable, um, that help the person understand who you are over time and who you really are, right? Uh, your flaws, your strengths, the whole bit. Um, consistency and reliability in how you act. Um, Jennifer had said um, that, she never, that, that, that she never disciplines when she's angry. Um, you can blow a relationship with somebody and their trust in you by legitimately being angry about something that you should be angry about. You st when, things, when things go really wrong and, and for reasons that you look at and go, that should not have happened, it's okay to be angry, right? You don't take it out on anybody. Let yourself cool off, look at what you need to do in order to, to, to correct it and do it in a way that is that, that is measured, and when you're when you're in control of your emotions, um, the people that work for you will really appreciate that because they'll know when you're mad, right? And and your ability to your ability to go your ability to go and deal with a situation to, with a situation, not not avoid it, not put it on forever, but dealing with it in the right way. After you're all after you're over your anger emotion, will will um, will make people trust you, and it it will make them want to not get you to a state where you're angry. They will be more careful about what they do. They will think more about what they do if you're measured. And then the, the, uh, I've said this before. The, the last piece of uh, of building trust uh, gradually, um, well, the third bullet point because I always do three bullet points and never any more, never any less. Um, encourage feedback fr uh, from your people because when you're listening to them um, and when you really listen to them, that is th that's a huge component of of building of building trust. Now, there's a vulnerability aspect there too because what you've got to do if you're really listening to them is admit you're wrong in, in cases. Right? You, you might have this direction that you're going, and you say, I'm, "This is how I'm going to do it." Um, 
and somebody comes up to you with a completely different idea or a different way of tackling it and you think about it and you go, you know what? They're right. What you're showing, what, what there's some vulnerability there, right? Because what you're saying to them is, listen, I told you this and we should do it this way. You came to me and said this and you know what? I'm telling you you're right, which doesn't necessarily mean you're wrong, but you're admitting, hey, you figured out a better way. And maybe you, were, maybe you look at it and say, you know, I was actually, you know, given what you've told me, I didn't think that through. You're right. I'm wrong. But you got to be willing to do that. So, um, so when you when you think through this, that was a meandering way through the history of uh, the history of management and um, and the Jahari window and uh, um, and you know study and and what you do, but. These things are all in various, uh, you'll, you'll read pretty much everything I've said in various books uh, that are out there. Um, and Simon Sinek and a couple of his books will touch on vulnerability, but it's interesting when I read it, it's kind of like a passing, it's in a paragraph and then you move on to the next thing and, um, and it didn't make sense. So again, when I was talking to, uh, to Clifford, I was thinking, I wanna stitch that all together. So, um, Apologize for not having the slides. Um, I promise you it would have been better with them. The cahoots would have been fun. Um, but yeah, that's, that's all I've got. Any questions? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.